Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's your one's name in the song, though? Excuse me, little homie. I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy and I Wendy. like to blow trees and from that point, I never blow off. Come from out of town, I like to show off. He like to act tough. They know I'm soft and they come straight. No, I got the word so wrong. But anyway, I'm just going to do it if I go to jail. Then I promise to be on my bail. Shane is I enough to work with everything. Okay, you're fine. You're listening. Just listening. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do it all? I'll just go. I'll take the week off. <laughs> Sorry, you do it. Do it. You're listening to Bandwagons. Do you want to know a fun fact about me? Yeah. That was uh, my, you know, did you do when you were like graduating from secondary school where you had to do like a quote on a piece of paper and stick it to a tree? No. A lot of people did, I think. Or like you'd write like your quote for life and then stick it and they had like this big like tree of like aspirations and stuff. But anyway, mine was like hands. You, Everyone had like a paper hand and you had to write a quote that inspired you or something on it. And mine was literally reach for the stars so if you fall you land on a cloud and I, I wasn't even a Kanye fan I just really liked that quote still a good quote I'll tell you what I did do when we were in like first or second class our primary school collaborated with some some artist or something to do and we had to make these like art installations that were like nests and there were we were in groups and it was our classes picked and we had to make different nests and then in the nests, we had to write something. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered. Oh, God. <laughs> I just remembered what it is. We had to write like our hopes for the future or something like that or what we'd want for ourselves in the future or something. And we never got access to them ever again, <laughs> right? And we used to crib all the time. I would love to sit in on your... Like, I remember... I was just saying, because I can't remember what I wrote, but one of the girls did roll, did write, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at this because I know this will probably offend some people, but it's just the realisation of it. And it's just the innocence of a young person. W- one of my friends who will remain anonymous wrote um, that she hoped 
oh, maybe I can't say this, that she hoped Madeline McCann would be found. That is so bad. It's a, it's a valid wish. Like, it, like uh, the purest intent of the world. And you know what? I still hope that. It's, it's just funny. Because I was definitely like, I want to be a singer. I want to be married. Children. Bloody the way bloody. you tap into like your regressed memories makes me really want to sit in on one of your counselling sessions because it's just hysterical laughter. Uh, I stopped going. I counsel myself now. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Therapy now. Yeah, truly. I can tell you what wasn't written on that piece of paper. Toasting a podcast called Bandwagons. Um, and I'm doing this episode on Kanye West. Yeah, Wake oh, up, here Mr. we are. West. I'm so excited. We asked someone else to be on this podcast and um, we were once again left on red. I'm not going to say who. A leading figure in, in Irish Twitter. That's all I'll yep. say. We'll leave it at that. But it's fine because I'm a big enough fan that I can lead the church. Yeah. And um, I've, we've, this has always been on the list. But I suppose we were kind of waiting for him to do something bad light, again. Yeah, but like kind of lighthearted that wasn't really depressing because he's had a bit yeah. of a, like he's a, a rough year, a rough uh, legacy he, he will inevitably leave behind. Um, but this story from last week that has since been debunked was everywhere, um, overshadowed the news of his uh, seemingly imminent divorce from Kim Kardashian was that he was allegedly shagging a beauty YouTuber, beauty guru, beauty mogul, um, and problematic racist person, Jeffree Star. Um, yeah, it doesn't add up. Madness. Madness. It's mad because I saw the tweets and everyone on Twitter just being like, oh yeah, like just for gospel, like they had just seen absolute evidence that this was happening. And I was like... Oh, they're like, if you've seen the video, you'll know it's like, you can't really argue with the facts and all. And I was like, what is there like a sex tape or something? Like, is there some sort of like Pornhub video? And I went and tried to find it and then realized it was just. Oh a, yeah, that's why you were on Pornhub, wasn't it? It was just a TikTok that some gal literally just made up that, that it was happening and everyone just ran with it. Like, yeah. So this is a gal. Her name is Ava Louise. She's a TikTok star in a birth commas. Worth noting that she previously licked a toilet bowl um, at the start of the pandemic as part of a trend in inverse commas called like Corona Challenge or something. So again, consider the source, quote Alec Baldwin. Um, she put up this TikTok, right? She has nearly 600,000 followers on TikTok. And she was like, it's been viewed like nearly 10 million times. And she said, the, this whole divorce comes as no surprise. Kanye's been hooking up with a very famous beauty guru, male beauty guru. A lot of people in the scene have known for a while and she went on to say that she couldn't she'd been hit with legal warnings from the Kardashians for spilling the tea right she never said who but that was nearly worse because people commented then being like oh Jeffree Star Jeffree Star because I will say there there have been kind of questions around Kanye's sexuality for years right so the idea of him hooking up with someone is fairly credible and also like live and let live who cares that's important to state but um, people are commenting like Jeffree Star, Jeffree Star. And she was liking the comments of people commenting Jeffree Star, right? Yeah. And then obviously there's no word from Kanye's camp. There's no word from Kim's camp. There never would be. Um, Jeffree came out and made a video. I watched the first five minutes of it because I just needed to know because he was kind of um, engaging with the rumors as well. He was putting up stuff on social media, talking about like Sunday service, which is Kanye's 
concert series thing that he does in the desert with the gospel choir. Um, he's just moved out to Wyoming where Kanye spent a huge amount of time working on his projects. Like, Jeffrey loves it. Jeffrey is like king cloud chaser. Like, yeah. and this is why everyone's it. Like, people are saying this. It was all over my group chats. Like, and my good friend Megan was like, you need to see this. Look at the reflection in Jeffrey. She went full conspiracy. Yeah, theory, like, look at the reflection in Jeffrey's sunglasses. It's just, it's a man. It, it, it is an unidentified man. Could be anyone. Yeah. Um, but basically, Jeffrey came out and was like, that's not true. I'm actually into tall men. Lol, he had to get the barb in. And then just said that he's in Wyoming because he's opening a lot of other businesses. She's come out since because she made loads of videos after being like, oh, Chris is on the phone to me and she's suing me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she's admitted since that like it was in like entirely uh, made up. She shared really? a voice note which she said, yeah, uh, I'm not even getting sued. I made the entire scandal up. There's literally not one bit of truth to anything I've said. Ava claimed that she tricked the world into talking about her again because I was on a lot of Adderall and I was bored. We all had fun though, didn't we? You're welcome for the memes. I will say the memes are funny. She captioned her video, I was going to wait to expose myself, but clout chasing locals, I thought were my friends want to do it first. Um, so that, she is clearly also going through something and I, I criticize her and also like she very blatantly has some kind of drug dependency issue that I don't really want to get into, but it's insane. It is insane that one we're actually going to be doing stuff on this down the line, but like how fast fake news and unsubstantiated stuff spreads, especially on TikTok. Yeah, but because Who Weekly talked about this, about this whole kind of culture around TikTok where they believe that there's kind of more inside information on there or something, or this is where people go or you'd get more firsthand information about celebs from yeah. nobody it's really strange it's really and I think it has something to do with how young the audience is as well but anyway yeah. as I said oh, completely overshadowed the divorce story which is still not confirmed but is probably imminent but yeah people are talking about Kanye so we said we need to do the deep dive in fairness we said we were waiting for Kanye to do something that would warrant an episode and he, the poor lad hasn't even done anything he's just been at the centre of a load of lies mm, truly truly um, um, what was your first encounter with the man himself in popular culture or music? This is actually, this is a regress memory I had earlier while I was researching, but I vividly remember um, back in like when I was really big into Home and Away, there was this, there was a, a character on it called Kane. And yes, when, hot, hot, yeah, hot, hot. The, the guy who played Kane is now like a script consultant on Fair City. He lives in Ireland now. It's actually really bizarre um so maybe he'll come on but uh he maybe, yeah. so he was like center of a storyline on home and away at the time and like the name kane with a k was like in my head and every time i saw kanye west written down i was like kane west like kane, i was just like dyslexic like reading it wrong um and i used i was just calling him kane west for ages but then i remember kenneth had one of his songs on his phone and he refused to Bluetooth it to me. And I was like in sixth class or first year and he would just not Bluetooth it to me. And I was getting so mad. So I waited for him to get in the shower one day and I went in and I got his phone and I sent myself the song and it, I cannot, or I think it must've been stronger or something. Like I didn't even like the song. It was just purely to show people in school that I had a Kanye West song on my phone. I was just about to say my first like proper kind of stylish phone. So I had a blocky at first for like kind of safety ring my mom, whatever. And then I got like a pink Samsung 
it might have been a slidey and also a touchscreen one, doesn't matter. Got that. And my my ringtone was stronger for a while. But if you were using like imported tracks, the the ringtone was way shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So it was only the bit where I was like, work it. Like it was only the Daft Punk sample. And like, do you know, and people, it was around the age where you'd be prank calling people as well. So I remember one of the days, one of the nights I got prank called at like two or three in the morning and I shot, my, shot the bed because they it's like, work it on it. I was like, ah! um, it was terrible. Someone prank called you and did that? No, but like, because my ringtone was Kanye West. Like, oh my God, that is scary. It was scary. Um, my sister made me a CD of late registration, I think, which I didn't really listen to intensely at the time. Because that came out, I still would have been kind of young and didn't really have an appreciation for music, but um, I just didn't really care. That would have been 2005, so I'd only have been 10, which is fair. Um, and But like, I think graduation, which was 2007, was where kind of people was the real kind of mainstream peak for him and where he became really accessible for a lot of people and where everyone kind of got in, if they were in. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Uh, I was only, it wasn't I, really problematic at this point, though, is the thing. So, like, I, yeah. I think a lot of people were on board and that's kind of when things started going downhill. He he is, a, like, say what you want about him, he is, like, musically a genius. Like, he is some sort of prodigy when it comes to music. And if you watch like Jay-Z and all these other rappers for, that were like prominent back before he was anything, they were like, we heard of Kanye. And the minute you heard what he was doing, everyone wanted to be involved with him. Um, he like re- he reshaped like hip hop and rap like three or four times easily yeah. with what with what he did. Like I am such a huge fan of his work a lot less so now I would say like my cutoff point was probably like yay and again that's when things started getting really problematic as well and the whole thing of separating the art from the artist it all kind of got usually not usually but I think I gave Kanye a lot of passes for a very long time and for me at that point it was kind of the cutoff point like I couldn't really entertain it anymore and I couldn't even really enjoy the art because the spectacle was too much and a lot of what he was doing was just fundamentally damaging um he's just there's just a part of me that wishes like <laughs> that the music stopped whenever Life of Pablo came out. I have the year because we're going to get into it, obviously. And like even before that, maybe the persona stopped in 2007. You know what I mean? Like we never yeah. saw him in public again. We, like he became this like recluse that just dropped really good albums. Yeah. And I feel like he's so intrinsically part of the art as well that it wouldn't if that was the case, probably wouldn't enjoy it as much, you know? I also think people love the the debate over him being this, like, tortured artist, which he is. But, I mean, he's, as I said, some of the stuff is, like, without question harmful and some of the stuff he said, but we'll get into it. Yeah, will we go way, way back to the very beginning? Let's go way, way back. Let's let's step into our time machine, Breed. Let's uh, let's step in. Take yourself back to 1977. Yeah. Kanye Omari West was born. Um, he's, uh, as you said... Kanye was not born in 1997. That would make him younger than us. 1977. Oh, you said 1997. Did I? Yeah, I was like, what? No, Shane, did you say 1997? 
Leave it Shane out of this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Did she say 1997? Shane doesn't even listen to this podcast. He, anyway, he, he nodded, but okay. 1977, Kanye West was born. Yeah, American rapper, record producer, fashion designer. He was born in Atlanta, raised in Chicago. Um, he was uh, his parents divorced when he was three, so he was um, raised primarily by his mother Donda, who you're going to talk about later. Um, he had an affinity for the arts at an early age and began writing poetry when he was only five years old. His mother recalled that she first took notice of his passion for drawing and music when he was in the third grade. So I think that's like. N- eight or nine um age eight or nine he started rapping in the third grade as well and making musical compositions in the seventh grade which is the equivalent of first year and selling them to other artists when he was like 13 um so he wrote a rap song called green eggs and ham and persuaded his mother to pay for time in a recording studio so she went along and it was like a little basement studio where the microphone hung from the ceiling by a wire like clothes hanger and she was like not into it, but like supported him and encouraged him nonetheless. So he got a bit older and his paths crossed with producer DJ No ID and they became really good friends. Um, no ID became Kanye's mentor and it was from him that he learned how to sample and program beats after he received his first sampler at age 15. Um, That's like his signature style with the college dropout and yeah not late registration to a much lesser extent but that this is the whole thing about him kind of reinventing himself he kind of everyone devi- defines like the albums in the same way with a lot of artists that they're like specific eras but it's very true for Kanye because with the exception of a few that I'll get into they're all incredibly different same in a lot of ways but in terms of musical direction um very different and there was the, it was the thing with the college dropout he was kind of tired of that sound of like the sampling and he felt like he'd done as much as he could with that um but I'll get into it yeah um so then he graduated from high school and went on to receive a scholarship um to Chicago's American Academy of Art in 1997 um, where he began to take painting classes and shortly after that he transferred to Chicago State University to study English and that's where his mom was a professor I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, he soon realised that his busy schedule was detrimental to his musical work so he dropped out of college at age 20 to pursue his musical dreams. Um, his mom wasn't very pleased but she said... Uh, it was drummed into my head that college is the ticket to a good life, but some career goals don't require college. For Kanye to make an album called College Dropout, it was more about having the guts to embrace who you are rather than following the path society has carved out for you. So she backed him. She seemed like a decent man. Well, that was the thing. Like she ma- she managed his career. Yeah. In the beginning as well. And for the most, like they were incredibly close, him and Dan. Yeah. Which was the um, thing. Okay, uh, West big his big break came when he sold a beat to Jermaine Dupri. Why do I know that name? Do you know Jermaine Dupri? Why do you know that name? Well, so I oh, feel like he was on Celebrity Big Brother. Know... Was he? I feel like Jermaine he was. Dupree. He could have been. Um, like he's like I know of his name from being See. who he is, but. He's like a rapper, songwriter, blah, blah, blah. He's worked with people like Mariah and Usher, Jay-Z, Nelly, John Jackson. Okay. 
Um, so Kanye sold a beat to him and moved to New York, hoping to get like his work into the hands of someone even higher. And in 2001, his uh, he got in with Kayambo Joshua, who worked in A and R at Rockefeller Records. And soon after, Kanye started making beats for Jay Z and other artists under the same label, and gained credibility and a good reputation in the industry by producing hit songs. Um, but he still wanted more. You know what's funny about that though? Before the stuff with Rockefeller happened, um, he, I think he was in talks with, uh, he did a series of meetings with Capitol Records. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't get a deal, but I just I looked back then to see who Capital have signed currently. Callum who? Scott. Callum Who's Scott. That? They wouldn't know. T- they wouldn't know. Chase would have fucking came up and bit them on the hole. Yeah, Callum Scott dancing on my own. One song, yeah, and it's a cover. Caucasian cover. One oh one. Yeah, yeah. is he language. still going? That's mad. Um. Yeah. So I he- Google it. Yeah, I do. I'll keep going here. Um. So he presented some of his tracks to Capitol Records, as you said, and he Kanye was ready to sign a contract with them in mid-2002, but um, the Rockefeller co-founder heard about it and decided to take a risk and offer him a deal that, rather than like risk losing him. So he signed with Rockefeller then um, as an artist. Um, and Damon Dash said, I personally signed Kanye. I want to take credit for that because I feel good that I believed in him and saw his vision. What's crack with Calm Scott? Calm Scott's got nothing at the minute. <laughs> no one really is quiet. going fairness. We're all in the same boat, Calm. He, he, he wrote a song on Boys on Dust album, though, which I didn't know. Oh. So there you go. He wrote the is on me. Um. Yeah, so it wasn't all smooth sailing because two weeks after Kanye signed the deal, what happened in Fanula? He got in a really oh, bad he was car, in the crash. car crash. Yeah. Uh, literally two yeah. weeks after signing the deal, um, West was driving back to his hotel after a late night session at a recording studio in California when he fell asleep at the wheel. He crashed his rented vehicle head on into another car, leaving the other driver with fractures in their legs and him with a shattered jaw and nasal fractures. Um, the rapper... Um, Claims he was racially profiled on the crash site. He said the uh, police oh, gave him three or four alcohol tests and asked him loads of questions before taking him to the hospital. He's described the aftermath of the accident as the worst pain in his life, and doctors had to wire his jaw shut. Um, and they had to do it I twice. It. The first time they did it wrong. Yeah, so they said, it, like some of his friends at the time said, they didn't think he'd ever talk again, let alone rap, because of the shape he was in. But like just a couple of months later, he came out with Through the Wire, which I'm sure you're going to. Through the Wire is bloody, I'll get into it. It's great. But what I will say is like, and I have more details of this, but he is like, has been an absolute workaholic perfectionist from the very beginning of his career. And there's stories of him keeping him and his team in the studio for like 24 hour periods to finish projects and like I've no doubt that this was like obviously he was at the studio like running on no sleep like so irresponsible to go out there and get into a car like it's yeah just he's his own worst enemy in so many in a multitude of ways it's beyond like he's so committed to his art and to him, his, himself and this thing of him this 
this vampire whatever of Kanye yeah that it's just like I don't think he really cares who or what hurts in the process or yeah, on the way he, there he said in interviews about about it that he like because he was on the cusp of greatness he reckons it was God like telling him I'm about to give you the world but just know that I can take it away just as easily which sounds so dark and ominous but he was mm-hmm. like it was God preparing me for the success and the fame and everything and like telling me to appreciate it because it can be gone just as quick as it comes he just always had this like bedrock of complete and utter self-belief. He said in another interview, he remembers getting the escalators in the old like Virgin Mega stores and being like, and re- like being a total nobody because he was at that point and just saying in his head, oh, you need to savor these last moments of anonymity because like you're going to be known everywhere soon. Like you are not going to be able to have moments like this ever again, which was it true? Yeah. Yeah. like I'm all for believing in yourself manifestation whatever and then I look at people I look at people like that and I'm like you have too much confidence you know what I mean like someone think, should have joined you back like I think to to achieve that level of fame and success though you do need to be completely and utterly focused on like and self-confident and just focused on the goal and total self-belief yeah it's madness and you know what you can only can you He's problematic, definitely, but he's like he—he he always tells his truth, you know. He always like believes what he's saying. There's no bullshit with him. He's like authentic in what he's in what he thinks and says. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Which is like why he gets into so much trouble because some of the stuff he just shouldn't be saying in the first place. Yeah, that's where the issues arise. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you want to talk a bit about through the wire? I sure do. Um, so yeah, as you said, two weeks after being admitted to the hospital, he recorded the song at Record Plant Studios with his jaw still wired shut. You can hear it if you listen to it. Yeah, it's um, The composition through the wire expressed West's experience after the accident and helped lay the foundation for his debut album, The College Dropout, as according to West, all the better artists have expressed what they were going through. Um, he added that the album was my medicine. As working on the record, distraction from the pain, and um, the song was actually first available on Get Well Soon, which is a mixtape, and that was released in December two thousand and two, um, and then ended up on the College Trapper, which didn't come out until two thousand and four. With the overall theme of that album was make your own decisions, don't let society tell you this is what you have to do, which is pretty much the motto he's lived by for his entire career, and the motto that once again continues to get him in trouble. It's this thing of seeing other people do things and just being like, I can do that. And a lot of the times he has. Yeah. But uh, other times, as we'll get into with his political career, doesn't mean you always should. Does not mean you always should. Walk and proof that the only thing standing in your way is yourself. Truly. Um, So, yeah, as we said, College Dropout 2004. Um, Prior to this, though, you had his first taste of like controversy. People always remember the VMAs and we'll get into it. But yeah. the man does not have a good run at um, at award ceremonies. So the American Music Awards in 2003, he was up for Best New Artist. He lost to country singer Gretchen Wilson. Do you know her? No. That's, Neither do I. That's her like, claim to fame now, though, isn't it? She bet out, can't she? Truly. Yeah. Oh, she wheels that out of Christmas regularly. <laughs> um, he, 
he walked out of the awards anyway, but was quoted backstage as saying, I was the best new artist this year. And like, absolutely the beginning of like what would lead to Kanye being known as one of the most egotistical or self-assured, depending on how you look at it, um, artists ever. It's just, it's just a given. Um, I've talked about his perfectionism. This is kind of where we saw it happening as well with his music. Um, the College Dropout had its uh, release postponed three times from its, from its initial date in 2003. And then it was eventually issued by Rockefeller in February 2004, shooting to number two on the Billboard 200 as his debut single, Through the Wire, peaked at number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for five weeks. Second single was Slow Jam and it featured Twista and Jamie Foxx. Became an even bigger success. Um, the first number one hit for the three of them, so good for them, uh, received near kind of universal critical acclaim from music critics was voted the top album of the year by two major music publications consistently ranked among the great hip-hop works and debut albums by artists do you know what i think is funny jesus walks was the fourth single off this album and for me it's eclipsed the success of like through like through the wire is obviously that like seminal hit where it's like the achievement of this is classic yeah like jesus walks just like I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh. I genuinely thought that was a much newer song than like one of his first. Yeah, I, I I mix it up all the time with late registration, but yeah, there you go. Apparently he tried to like sell Jesus Walks around and like no one wanted to go for it because it was like him rapping about God and it had never really been done before and it was too edgy. So like loads of people passed on it. I'm like, what yeah, are they this doing? Was the and then it ended up reaching the top 20, um, as you said, despite industry executives' predictions. So the song containing such blatant declarations of faith would never make it to the radio. Have they ever heard of a live all again? <laughs> nobody, has, nobody has chased around here. Um, Do they have like in- Christmas FM, but like they really should have a year round thing called a live all FM. They, I'd laugh that on. I'm sure Spirit FM would argue that that's what they are, but they're not. Okay. I Fair enough. They're not. They like, they're we won't give Spirit FM to get in touch. No, I don't want Spirit <laughs> FM to get in touch. Um, the record was nominated for ten Grammys, including Album of the Year and Best Rap Album, which it won. Um, and this was the time period where he founded Good Music, which is a record label and management company that would go on to house affiliate artists and producers such as No ID, as we mentioned, his mentor, and John Legend. I only know about John Legend because of Kanye West. Really, and I will always be thankful of Kanye West for that. Yeah. Yeah, he, him, John Legend and Kanye do this song together on John's first album. John, as if I'm friends with him, um, and it's called Number One. And Kanye's works on that is so good. It's so fun, but it's so good. So much fun. And John, yeah, so much fun. I can't. I keep you laced up so you ain't got a bar or nothing from them broke ass friends who be bargain hunting. They tell you they shop on eBay, baby. Why is they fronting? They be on the internet, but they never cop nothing. I won't. This isn't. You're doing great. I enjoy, I enjoy quite a lot. Um, just go let go listen to it if you haven't. It's very good. Um, and then what followed was later registration, which was the second of his uh three education themed albums, the Trifecta. Um, late registration. This came out in 2005. Fun fact, I found out when I was researching this. What Irish band did Kanye support on tour in 2005? I know this and because purely just from researching earlier, like, it was like Kanye went on to support U2 and the Rolling Stones. I was like, what the fuck? What? what on world? their Vertigo tour. Insane. In what world? Like, insane. But 
Like you can tell as well though that Kanye fully sees him on the same level as Bono. Well, now he probably thinks he's bigger than Bono, but I he, like he is in a way. Yeah, he like he is bigger than Bono, but like Bono probably doesn't think that. Bono thinks Bono thinks he's Bono to a certain subsection. Bono is Bono. They're like, oh, Kanye is bigger than Bono, but then to another certain subject subsection of people, they're like, no, Bono is always going to be bigger than everyone. It's probably us looking at it from like a defogram, defogramic, demographic from a def. Ah, fuck. That's what I'm saying. It's a a generational thing. Totally. Yeah, we obviously think Kanye is bigger because he's like closer to us in age but like I said it to mom earlier like he came on the radio and I was like oh this is what the podcast is on this week and she was like no nah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be for me now <laughs> it's like yeah because you have no interest in Kanye West like fair enough yeah I think my mom hates him as well I think because they only see like the controversy and have never seen the music really but yeah and this is the thing like you could argue that Kanye fair enough. Bono as well because he he became embedded in celebrity culture because of his marriages and like the the award show shit. Like you don't see Bono yeah. doing that. Like you don't see no. Bono having a go with Taylor Swift. Not that we know. Not of. yet. Not yet. Anyway, privately he is hammering the edges. <laughs> WhatsApp out of it. Like see this wagon, two albums in a year. What? Anyway, he's like Beyonce. Really did have the best album though. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah, truly. Um, so this album was significantly inspired by Roseland NYC Live, which is uh, a 1998 live album by English trip hop group, Portishead, produced with the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. Like it's all very strings, very orchestral. Uh, Kanye actually didn't have enough money to afford a lot of live instruments around the time of his debut album. So the money from the success of the college dropout enabled him to hire a string orchestra for the second album. Go for him. Mm. Sold over 2.3 million units in the United States alone by the end of 2005 and was considered by industry observers as the only successful major album release of the fall season, which had been plagued by steadily declining CD sales. What other albums came out that year? Let me find that out. 2005 album. Um, can I guess? I would say yeah, Britney had an album. It was that the year of every time. Every I would say Britney had an album. Um, Avril Lavigne. Okay, so we're going to go. When is. Well, so yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to her short collection. Okay, so we have Alice Cooper. The Saturdays. Um, Ar- no. <laughs> Armin Van Elden. Uh, Missy Elliott had the cookbook. R. Kelly, cancelled. Charlotte Church, Tissues and Issues. How could we. Oh, I could have guessed that. I could have actually guessed that. Um, what a good album. Bring her back. All American Rejects, Move Along. Ah. Um, these were all kind of July, so let's go later in the year. Jason Mraz's album was out that year. What the hell? Mr. A Disease, getting. Was that I'm Yours Time? Yeah. Madness. Um, okay, so looking at September. The Rolling Stones had an album out, David Gray, Paul McCartney, who they would go on to be very good friends, as we know. Simple Minds, <laughs> the fra- they are friends. I don't know why you're laughing. Kanye made him. <laughs> the Pussy Got Dolls, PCD. Oh, yeah. Um, which turned 15 last year, I think. Uh, well, they all five. Knew that. <laughs> I thought that was a live album. <laughs> they all turned oh, 15 last oh, year. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was really thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gretchen Wilson had an album out then as well. Oh, another another album that came out, an emo classic. Name it. Fallout Boy. No, Black the other one that I like. No, All Time Low. No, 
Discos, come on. Panic at the disco. Panic at the disco, a fever you can't sweat out. What a time. That was um, a good year for then, music. Joe O'Meara released an album. <laughs> Joe from uh, S Club 7. And it was on that chart. Well, no, like this is just albums that were released. <laughs> like, so did Adam Levine or Britney have one? No. No, not that I can see. James Blunt. Um, yeah, anyway, you get the idea, basically. Basically, I can understand why Kanye sold very well basically. in comparison to some of the rest of them. Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very successful, as we said. And then this was where his kind of, they consider this his first large scale controversy, right? This article that I've uh, copy and pasted from. I still think VMA is overshadows this, but anyway, um, but it does kind of mark his what year first is foray in political commentary as well. So this was September 2005. There was an NBC broadcast, which was a concert for Hurricane Relief. Oh, yeah. Um, West was a featured speaker. He was presenting alongside Mike Myers, who's an actor, as we all know. And he ended up deviating from the prepared script. Who is the president at the time, Breed? George Bush. George Bush. Meyer spoke and continued to read the script. Once it was West's turn to speak again, he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Which, like, find the lie. He wasn't lying. I, um, I watched that clip earlier and you just see Mike Myers just like turns his head and like widens his eyes and looks at him and is just like, well, I don't know what to do here. True. It's true Caucasian fear if I was to ever see it. But yeah. <laughs> Um, President Bush w- uh, would later call it one of the most disgusting moments of his presidency. Not the Iraq War, not any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel and like he had bigger fish to fry. Black people, truly, like it's strange. But anyway, that was kind of the start of him being very vocal about you, things in general. I think. Did you see the video of um, them, like some reporter asking George Bush? If what did he think about Kanye running for president? And he just goes, ha, <laughs> like laughs really loudly and doesn't <laughs> no, say anything else. It's funny. Oh, um, fair. That is fair. Um, then we had the EMAs. This was his another kind of awards show thing before the VMAs. Uh, EMAs 2006. Um, sorry. This year as well in 2006, he posed on the cover of Rolling Stone wearing a crown of thorns. Like, have you ever heard of anything more, Kanye? He but anyway, back is like... Tr- yeah, truly. Um, back to the EMAs, 2006. Um, he was very disappointed because he didn't win for best video for Touch the Sky. Um, the awards were in Copenhagen and Justice and Simeon won for We Are Your Friends. Breed, can you name the famous actor that was in the video for Touch the Sky? Touch the Sky... Famous actor, male or female? Female. Oh, famous. Blonde. A fa- blonde actor. Was it probably like? Oh, I like my brain is saying like Pamela Anderson or someone. Am and you're like, dead oh, right. What One thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> what um, the hell? I did not in know a that. Ch- in a tirade riddled with expletives, Wes said he should have won the prize for his video "Touch the Sky" because it cost quote. A million dollars. Pamela Anderson was in it. I was jumping across canyons. If I don't win, the award show loses credibility, Wes said. Oh, if you if you were... There's a lot of foreshadowing there that's uncomfortable. Pamela would go to the opening of a letter. I don't even think she was there. She's just Cream, in the video. Screamed in. No, I, th- I think she is like legitimately in the video with... They're like driving around the place and stuff. I don't really remember. That's a good song as well. Yeah, Lupe Fiasco. Good verse from Lupe. Where, where is Lupe? Where are TSC's on third? 
Lupe said, like Lupe in the third. He I saw Lupe live. Did I Do you remember he did Summer Jam? No. Present no. With Maybe Oh, Alexa, do you know who I, I, I was drunk the other night and went searching because we had it on on YouTube. Alexis Jordan, very into Jesus now, very not into singing, very not into pop music. It's very disappointing. Is she, I bet you she's like an Instagram mummy, is she? Yeah. Yeah, she has. An Instagram Jesus man though. Like it's just. Was she not English? Listen, no. She just had a lot of success in England. Okay. She was on America's Next Got Talent. Next Got Talent. <laughs> What did I say? America's next got That's not a show. Which one like, was it? Sorry. That's funny. Like, um, America's, America's got talent. She's on America's got talent. America's next got talent. Um, um, okay, go ahead. Uh, the album that we got into him came next. This was 2007 and this was Graduation. Um, yeah. This is where he started incorporating like synthesizer into the production slower tempos a lot of mad that he had a whole experimentation sorry, taking off my bras I'm speaking to you it's mad that oh he had God. like a whole career um before that like a whole it's mad to think that all that stuff you just covered came before we had even heard of him I know truly truly I had heard I'm of them at this point. I just didn't I didn't I didn't particularly care it didn't I didn't really like rap and hip hop at that time at all but to go yeah. back and listen to it was very enjoyable um Heavily influenced by the music of the 1980s, but he also listened to people like Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash in hopes of developing methods to kind of improve his wordplay and storytelling ability. Kind of so funny to listen to. When is the Johnny like Cash this... episode? <laughs> Don't start. Well, I mean, I love a Joaquin Phoenix episode. My dad would probably come on for the Johnny Cash episode. Yeah, Actually, let's get our dad yeah, on. We do. Well, I wonder would dad come on as an interview? I Maybe I don't know. Won't. I don't think mine will either. Unless I like kind of deceit him into doing it. But anyway, we can't do really do that either. That's not good practice as a journalist. He anyway. Like when you do that. No, he really doesn't like it. Well, you see, he doesn't know. He doesn't know he was on the Patreon that time. But anyway. And nobody tell him. <laughs> if anyone's saying. Um, so then, as you mentioned, the album got major publicity because its release date was actually pitted in a sales competition against 50 Cent, who was releasing his album, Curtis. Oh yeah, um, and they were obviously both released in September two thousand seven, and gradu- graduation outsold Curtis by a large margin, debuting at number one on the US Billboard two hundred chart and selling nine hundred and fifty seven thousand copies in its first week. Um, definitely the most uh, commercially and kind of critically successful run of singles as well. So you had Stronger, which was his third number one hit. Um, what was the one with T Pain? Now throw your hands up in the sky. Love oh, good. I'm good. Around. No, don't think I really need to knock you down. Just get back Beep, up. We've done it up a Reebok in. Good song. It is a good song. It's um, a cracking song. That's the one with uh, flashing lights as well. Good album. Good. Good album. Does that go um, like, no, I don't like <laughs> living on the off Flashlight. That's, that's Jennifer Hudson. I'm gonna. I I'm know. gonna. When we do, when we do an artist you really like. I'm gonna. Jennifer I'm gonna ruin it. it. I don't think. I'm gonna Jennifer. ruin it. It is. Oh, don't test me on this. Of course, it's Jennifer Hudson, and she's like, yeah. Was it before um, she became Jennifer Hudson though? No, like she was always Jennifer Hudson. She didn't have any other alias. Four Dream Girls. It was Jennifer Hudson. 
I think it was af- it was after Dreamgirls. After, okay. Yeah. Do you know who else is a song called Don't you? Yeah, and it was in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I went through a mad phase of listening to that on repeat a couple of weeks ago. It's a really good song. Yes. Uh, really good, good. Bad song. Um, anyway. Um, stronger, as we mentioned, samples Daft Punk. Um, and it's the song itself has been accredited to not only encouraging other hip hop artists to incorporate house and electronic elements into the music, but also for playing a part in the revival of disco and electro infused music in the late 2000s. Um, there's a there's a bit on his beef with Kanye or Fifty Cent's beef with Kanye that I don't have to hand. I don't really particularly care about because Fifty Cent is. Just... We'll keep that for the Fifty Cent episode. Yeah, we'll keep that for the Fifty Cent episode that we're not going to do. But it does bring me, unfortunately, to as you mentioned earlier, um, his mom and her untimely passing. Uh, she died of complications from cosmetic surgery in November two thousand seven. She was fifty eight. Um, an autopsy revealed that a pre-existing heart condition likely led to her post-operative death. A law passed after her death, which I didn't know about this until today, dubbed Danda's Law. Um, and it requires plastic surgeons to ensure patients have had a physical exam and are cleared by their primary care physician for undergoing cosmetic procedures. Like, to think that that wasn't a thing beforehand is deranged. Yeah, that there's a still like it's, go at it, like, and not care about whether your body's able for it. Like, mad. Yeah. Um... Truly, um, you'd mentioned about kind of them growing up and her approval of his music and whatever. She actually wrote a book called Raising Kanye, um, which kind of goes into it a bit more. But um, as we said, I think this was kind of, if you were to mark the trajectory on the map, this was, as obviously it would be, this is a huge, like monumental loss for anyone. And it's safe to say that he struggled with the grief. He was back on stage 12 days after Donda's death. Um, dedicated his song yeah dedicated his song hey mama to her he's crying it's not a comfortable watch Um, he went straight back to work but like he's publicly grappled with his grief over the years and like we've seen it in worrying ways the majority of the time he gave an interview in 2015 with Q magazine and he he basically said he blamed himself for Donna's death um, he was asked what he had sacrificed for success. He replied, my mom, if I had never moved to LA, she'd be alive. I don't want to go far into it because it would bring me to tears. Um, and like, again, as we've said, there's been kind of other things that have happened since in 2018. He um, made them the admission that given like, and it's unusual cause of the circumstances of his mom's death, but basically um, he ended up developing an opioid addiction when he was recovering from his own liposuction procedure. Um, I got liposuction because I didn't want y'all to call me fat, just like y'all did to Rob Kardashian at the wedding and made him fly home before me and Kim got married. I didn't want y'all to call me fat, so I got liposuction and they gave me opioids. Um, and then the same year, when he was on like a Twitter absolute storm, as he tends to go on, he said that he was going to use a photo of the doctor who performed his mother's surgery as his next album cover. Uh, Jan Adams was the name of the surgeon. Um, it didn't end up happening thank god I don't think that was the right thing to do either um, and yeah it, like t- this is one of the cards that I've used when I've been in arguments with people who've been like Kanye West Kanye West Kanye West Kanye West is a great age my dad is Kanye like, West yeah like I've just been like oh but like his mom and he's never really 
recovered yeah. from it and he struggled with it so publicly and I remember having the conversation with friends friends who've I think that's easy for me to say because I've never experienced such a monumental loss and that grief has never come that close to my door I've experienced grief but not to that level um, and I've spoken about it with people who've lost parents as well and like it's a, it's a stupid fucking argument to make because they've turned around and been like my, like my I'm parents doing, have died I think yeah. But I think it, it's that. I think it's how close they were. I think it was how quickly his star rose. I don't think he was ever... I don't think he was ever interested in being famous in that way. I think he was always on to be famous for his art. Yeah. And connected to the art. Yeah. I don't think it's enough to be like, oh, I don't think he ever wanted to be famous. He did want to be famous, but I just not in that way. And I think people think they want to be famous and then they get famous. And they really, really, really struggle with it then. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think this is what, tri- like, as you said, this is where, like, the divide and the two Kanye's come. Like, it's like the pre, like, pre-Donda and post-Donda. Like, he was a totally, he became a totally different person after this with, like, very few redeeming moments in the public eye. Um, One of the first was what we talked about on the Taylor Swift episode um, his whole thing at the the VMAs in two thousand and nine, um, which I can speak about. Um, so yeah, I'll get we, into it, and then I'll get into the which ties into eight oh eight and heartbreaks. But we'll okay. get into it. Um, so we did cover this on uh, probably more deeply on the Taylor Swift episode, but this is like kind of from Kanye's side. So as we all know at this stage, Taylor Swift was given her acceptance speech for best female video for "You Belong with Me." And Kanye came onto the stage, took the microphone and said, yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best music videos of all time. One of the best music videos of all time. Um, and he was referring to single ladies and the audience booed. Kanye like flipped off the crowd and handed the microphone back to Taylor Swift. Um, he was removed from the show. Um, later in the show, Beyonce won video of the year for single ladies, called Taylor Swift back and let her finish her speech. And later that night, um, Kanye tweeted, everybody want to boo me, but I'm a fan of real pop culture. I'm not crazy, y'all. I'm just real. He then posted two apologies for the outburst on his personal blog, one the night of the incident and the other the uh, the day after. And he apologized um, on the Jay Leno show. Um, and after Taylor Swift appeared on The View two days after, um, to discuss it he called her again to apologise personally she said she accepted it um, he wrote in 2010 September 2010 like a full year later he wrote a whole series of uh, apologetic tweets addressed to Taylor Swift including Beyonce didn't need that MTV didn't need that and Taylor and her family friends and fans definitely didn't need want or need that uh, and concluding with I'm sorry Taylor he also revealed he had written a song for Taylor um, and if she did not accept the song, he'd perform it himself. But on, he like, he took it all back then in like two months later in November 2010, he did a, an interview on a Minnesota radio station and he recants like all his past apologies and he described like what he did as selfless and it was just all a bit weird. Um, and it didn't really seem like he'd learned his lesson because I, if you remember... At the 57th Grammy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Awards in 2015, he walked on stage as Beck was accepting his award for Album of the Year. And then walked off the stage and the audience thought he was joking. But he came out after he was like, I was not joking. Like Beck needs to respect artistry. He should have given his award to Beyonce. Like again, defending Beyonce. um, He publicly apologized to Beck on Twitter. Like it kind of very much mirrors the Taylor incident. Um, And then... I I will say... I can interrupt briefly that I do think he I do think he was right in his criticisms of <laughs> and I do think where he was where well like just I think he was where he was coming from was an appreciation of kind of black music and seeing like albums like that constantly lose out to like white counterparts yeah I think the way you looked about it was all wrong right and I, I'm pretty sure I said this on Taylor Swift um, uh, episode like it's not justified at all really gross behavior but we've seen like the Grammys have a history of just like ignoring a lot of really kind of seminal albums and performances by black artists in favor of white artists like the Grammys of a race problem 100% whatever at the VMAs I think they're less important and carry less weight and it's all a bit fake and yeah I'm sure a lot of people argue that the Grammys are fake as well but I do think he was coming from a place from that place as opposed to anything else but I mean if it's just how you and I'm sure he felt the same in 2009 like he he was doing it from a place where he saw himself as the person to stand up for Beyonce but it just came across as the person who was attacking Taylor Swift. Like it, yeah. it, it never he came said it. across as he wanted it to. He said it in another interview in 2015, I think it was, before Yeezus with the New York Times, where he said, where again, like he took back all the apologies for Taylor Swift and said that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't regret it. He doesn't really believe in regrets. And he said that like his whole thing was that he do, he wants to, he wants everyone to see that anyone can do anything. And there's a quote about like being a little girl and he wants to show that like, if there's a little girl out there who wants to do something like she can, something like that. If you, it's a, it's a good, I'll try and find the title of the interview if people want to Google it. I don't know, is it behind Kanye's mask? Yeah, if you just Google behind Kanye's mask, it's from the New York Times. Um, and I think you have a certain amount of free articles before you have to subscribe. Um, yeah. So after like all these incidences, I think the award shows started to cop on and they were like, we just need to give Kanye a platform and he'll stop taking other people's. So, he, well, actually, he got the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award at the VMAs in 2015. Um, and he was like, yeah, he's this is a quote. He said, y'all might be thinking, I wonder, did he smoke something before he came out here? And the answer is yes, I rolled up a little something. I knocked the edge off. 
Um, and at the end of his speech, he announced, I have decided in 2020 to run for president. And we all saw how that went. Um, then the following year at the VMAs, he was given, they were like, you can have four minutes, you can do whatever you want. Uh, so he chose to debut the music video for Fade. But first he gave a speech and discussed like the recent shootings in Chicago and what he like explained why he included Ray J and Donald Trump in the video for Famous. He talked about the Taylor Swift situation, his love of Beyonce and Steve Jobs, among others. So they were kind of just like, let's just give him a little something, something. It's insane the trade-offs they made just to ensure views and to ensure he'd be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to ensure he wouldn't storm keep stage for anyone like, yeah, yeah. I saw the um, clip earlier where Obama calls him a jackass as well, and it's just imagine, like, imagine Michael D. Higgins being like Fruita J. Jackass, what a jackass! He'd be right, but <laughs> be kind of honest. It's just so obscene. Like, it's just insane to think that the president saw it, cared, and like felt the need to comment on it. You know, just truly sold range. Soldier range. Strange is the only he's word. Been so, he's actually been so embedded in politics for so long. I think people forget. I actually forgot about that thing with Obama as well. Like that whole, again, we've talked about it more depth than the series. I'm so cool listen to that. I think we said at the time. But imagine if like that shows the weight of that moment that even the president, and now I think it's a bit to do with Obama trying to keep up this like public perception of himself as well as being like, yeah. I'm not a regular president. I'm a cool president. Yeah, I um, watched the videos. Like, yeah, truly. Um, as you mentioned, the year that this happened was, or that kind of kickstarted his whole thing of bad behavior at award shows, or like really kicked into high gear. It's 2008, which was when he released 808s and Heartbreaks, um, and features extensive use of the Roland TR-808 drum machine, contains themes of love, loneliness, and heartache. Um, in November 2008, reviews were positive, slightly more mixed than his previous uh, albums. Uh, Love Lockdown went to number three. Follow Up Single Heartless uh, went to number four. Great tunes. Um, while it was criticised prior to release, um, it had a significant effect on hip-hop music, encouraging other rappers to take more creative risks with their productions, which I completely agree with. Um, and what followed then was 2009, obviously. That's how years work. Um, he played live with the Marquee in Cork. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael, Car- Michael Carr wrote for Hoppers at the time. There's a bigger interview. You can go look it up. Kanye's rapping remains a bit watery for my liking. Tonight, there was so much auto-tune. I half expected Cher to arrive out for a duet. But he definitely has the tunes. And if he's playing like this every night on tour, he's going to convert a lot of naysayers. Um, On this, I was like, I have a good friend who's actually met Kanye West and was there at this time. So I'm going to ask him his thoughts. This is the lovely Stevie G um music writer dj producer um and now friend of the pod this is him and his experience of uh kanye west in cork okay let's talk about my good friend kanye practically best friend of mine to be honest so kanye west came to cork at three different occasions first of all it was at the height of his career the early days of his career i suppose second album in i think it was gold digger touch the sky this is 2005 2006 and uh, he played two memorable solo gigs at the new Live at the Marquee series down here in, uh, in Black Rock, down near Porky Grief. Uh, amazing stuff. Kanye was at the top of his game at the time. Two gigs were absolutely rammed. One of the most memorable things besides warming up for him uh, was, was when one of the dudes 
uh, and the crowd uh, literally started uh, climbing up the pole that held the massive tent that held 6,000 or 7,000 or 8,000 people together and he kept climbing and I think he practically stopped the gig but it was uh, it was amazing Kanye was at the top of his game but unfortunately our deep and uh, meaningful friendship didn't begin that weekend because even though I warmed up for him uh, we didn't hang out and I didn't even meet him uh, but in 2009 808s and Heartbreaks tour came to Cork and uh, this was in the middle of some of the most pivotal events uh, in Kanye's life namely uh, the death of his mom uh, very sad it affected him very deeply and uh, of course the Taylor Swift thing was just about to happen as well and the other really big pivotal event of his life that happened was that summer when he hung out in the PAV with Stevie G. So yeah, myself and a few pals were running this venue called the PAV, AKA the Pavilion. And um, we were running our jam night, which I've been running since many years in the Savoy, uh, Jam Junior as well. Some of you uh, might remember that. But anyway, Kanye was um, playing in the marquee. I was warming up, I think. But anyway, we also being clever, decided to book a different act for our own after party. They were called NASA. They're basically like the gorillas of the US. This guy was so well connected, he knew everyone. He had Santi Gold, MIA, Lou Reed, all these people, loads of rappers on his album. Uh, the album didn't really pop, to be honest. It didn't. It was a brilliant album, but it didn't really uh, take off. But we booked these guys to play, and Kanye was on the album too. We were like, imagine if Kanye and him are friends and he just turns up. And uh, but we didn't think much of it like we just booked these guys for an after party in the PAV and sure enough I get a call that day from someone I knew who knew someone in the record company and they were like listen um, have you got these guys tonight Kanye might be coming through to the party and I'm like no way man because like the PAV is like three or four hundred people we were hoping to get like 200 people in there that night and um, so I got the call anyway uh, but I didn't tell anyone. I told a couple of people. They were like, uh, have you got a VIP area? Will you be able to start up Kanye? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. We've no VIP area. So um, I was all ready for it, but I didn't want to tell people because I knew that like 10,000 people would turn up. And uh, if Kanye didn't turn up, as he probably wouldn't have, uh, I would have been looking like a bit of a fool. So anyway, fast forward, brilliant gig down in the marquee. Uh, I had an arrangement that five SUVs, these big black SUVs, would turn up inside and if you know Cork outside the modern outside the modern um, was good five of them were going to turn up and I was to go to the third one and Kanye would be in the third one at 11 o'clock the gig was over at about half 10 I think it was 11 11 30 so I'm waiting nervous as hell I told a few people at this stage that Kanye was coming but like I wasn't sure of it sure enough 11 30 or whatever time it was five big huge SUVs full of massive security dudes uh, pull up I go to the third one and sure enough the door opens and this tiny little guy in a grey t-shirt a Mickey Mouse one the kind of ones you buy on top man um, he, he popped out hey Kanye my man what's up my bro Stevie so yeah that was it like we became best friends then for about half an hour and um, I snuck him in the back entrance totally cool I was like what you want to drink he had a Hennessy uh, Kid Cudi was supporting him in the marquee. He actually memorably filmed some of his soundtrack to his life video 
down in the marquee. You can see it in the marina in Cork. There's Gardaí cars. It's really funny. And he's drinking Guinness. I bought Kid Cudi a Guinness. He came in separately, but it was all about Kanye. I took him to our VIP room, which is basically just next to where the decks are set up. And uh, his big, huge, massive security dudes were just hanging out, being intimidating. And even though it warmed up for Kanye a few times, and even though it was our club, like my club basically, and my club night, I asked for a picture, uh, and Kanye, of eh, course, man, my man, my best best buddy Stevie, and the security guy was like looking at me as if I had just basically like tried to like score with his mother or something. But anyway, we got the picture, and I looked like a startled rabbit with about ten chins, and it's a terrible picture. And uh, but it was one of those opportunities that I wasn't exactly going to get the second picture. So anyway, we just we we proceeded. So me and my good buddy Kanye were just hanging out. To be honest, right, he was just staring at the gig very reflective not at all like the public pers persona just a pure music maniac as far as i could see and uh anytime big stars came to cork or wherever i always just leave them be you know just like just leave them to like you don't want to be going in their face just got the picture and bang um so that was it yeah he was just hanging out but the funny thing is everyone was like no one would believe that he was there when the rumor went around the club because the security guards were like all over him you couldn't really see it's not a place for great vision anyway unless you're up in the balcony and Kanye's tiny you couldn't even see him uh, and then at about 1 a.m the guys did the song that they have with Kanye and the album he jumps up onto the stage starts rapping it's on youtube and he also did Day and Night, which was a hit that summer with Kid Cudi. So amazing. These guys went on to do the Kid See Ghost album, of course, uh, more recently. But like Kanye and Kid Cudi on stage. Uh, next thing, uh, shook hands, gone. Totally normal dude. Not a bit like the public persona. Um, and yeah, a, a deep friendship, which kind of more or less, he hasn't actually got in touch with me since. But we're, we're best buddies and, and that's it. Kanye and Cork, 2009. The Echo had the headline the following day, Can You Believe It? Big thank you to Stevie for sending that on. Much appreciated. Such a storyteller. I love Stevie so much. He's so funny. Um, I'm not surprised that he's drinking Hennessy because that's the that's what he was drinking at the VMAs. He was yeah, like, do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved that he, the Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi in the Guinness just kills me. Like, Yeah. I love Kid Cudi. People, who doesn't love a Guinness? Um, truly, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, then what followed was a lot of people would say is his best album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy 2010. And also, whatever we say about Kanye West, this gave us Nicki Minaj's verse. On, on Monster. Monster, yeah. Do you know I'm a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm in the Tonka, call her Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen. Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brains. Then I'm gonna start rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. Yeah, dresser from Milan, that's a monster crew. Monster Giuseppe heels, that's a monster shoe. I don't know the rest. I kind of do, but the podcast is already too long. Um, Have you ever seen This Is 40? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, Fanula, it's one of my favorite ever films, but the, it's basically Leslie Mann rapping to that. There's a scene in it and that's what it always reminds me of. It's oh, very funny. Precious Leslie Mann. Um, so yeah, this was like a big, big record for him. Uh, his favorite producers and artists working on it. Um, this was the record where he kept the engineers behind the boards 24 hours a day. Um, and he said he slept only in increments. 
Um, as we mentioned, Nikki's on it. You've Justin Vernon of Bonnie Vare, Jay-Z, Kid Cudi, Pusha T. Um, this is a very like maximalist record in contrast to his other records. Um, and another string of hits, you'd all of the lights, power, power, which I didn't really like, monster, as I mentioned, runaway. Um, the Ladder of Rich accompanied a 35-minute film of the same name directed by and starring West. Um, so Was it all of the lights that he had, like the chorus of celebrities singing it? Like, I think Elton yeah, John I, did it. And like, my, sorry, my next question. That was my next question. Yeah, I was going to ask you to name every single collaborator on all of the lights. The only one that I can remember is Elton John because it seemed the most outrageous. Okay, so you've won, right? So you have John Legend. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Dream. Kid Cudi has to be on it. Kid Cudi, yeah. Um, Ellie Jackson. Do you know her stage name? Ellie Jackson. Not Ella Henderson. You're going to scream when I tell you. Not Ella Henderson. Is it, Ella uh, Henderson was a in God's pocket at this point. Is it... Is it... Uh, Kerry Hudson? No. Kerry Hilson. What's her name? Kerry Hilson. No, it's not Kerry Hilson. Can I tell you? Yeah. LaRue. Hardly. Yeah. I would never have guessed that in a million years. Um, Alicia Keys. Fergie. Elton John, as you mentioned. Drake. Uh, mentioned Kikuri and Rihanna, obviously, because Rihanna's on the course. So was he basically like, will you just sing all of the lights into your phone and then voice and WhatsApp it over to me? And then he just like layered them all? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, like, see, the actual song, the actual LP length of the song is really long. And there's a whole bit at the end where they're just like, whoa, whoa. Do you know, Alicia Keys at the end being like, whoa, whoa, uh, I tried to tell you, but all I could say. Do you know what bit at the end? Yeah. They're all kind of singing there or something. I'm not really sure. Some of them aren't really uh, distinguishable, but anyway. It's mad that he got um, like people that are that, like all those individual artists to agree to do something like that together. Do you know what I mean? Without like yeah. it very obviously being them. Like they're getting, they get fuck all credit for it, you know? Yeah. Um, 2011, he released Watch the Throne which is, with his busy mate, uh, Jay-Z. Uh, decent album. Uh, and they went actually on tour together with it and friend of the pod, Amy Blake, went to see it in Dublin with a couple of our other friends. She sent me a very funny voice message. We'll play the ladder in a sec or we'll play the ladder later because I'm going to talk about eases in a bit. But she was saying about Watch the Throne. Um, she said it was one of the best concerts she's ever been to. It wasn't sold out as far as I was aware. And I think Jay Casey backed that up because she was looking to get tickets and she couldn't. Amy had to beg her mom to let her go because it was during the leaving cert and it was the same day as Matt's Paper 2. And she was like, I'm so glad I went because it was the best concert she's ever been to. And she's been to see, she went to see On The Run, which was Jay-Z and Beyonce's tour. And she, if you know Amy Blake, she loves Beyonce. And she told yeah. me, she told me, she was like, please don't tell Beyonce. I won't tell Beyonce, but if she listens to the podcast, it's too late, I'm afraid. Um, one of the two, I regret not going to that tour because like you've Paris, there are a lot of big songs on that record. Just in the three arena, it would just be mad. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeezus was next, as I just mentioned. Um, and I'll get into the tour of that in a minute. Because I actually thought the Watch the Throne tour was the last time he played Ireland. But it was Yeezus. Um, so this is sixth album, 2013, June 2013. Rave reviews from critics. 
uh, incorporates like Chicago drill, dance hall, acid house, industrial music, primarily inspired by architecture, which like I never, ever get when people say that. It's just like, do you go into a studio and you're like, I want to make a, I want to make an album that sounds like Fizzler Shopping Center. Like, yeah. how can you be like, it's inspired by architecture? Like, there's just bricks, you know? The song sounds like a, like a small enough building. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> this song sounds like the Henry Grattan. Yeah. Doesn't the song then sound I feel like, like church then I feel like you listen to it and you get it. I just, I don't know. Anyway, it's Kanye. Who am I to question it? Um, the rave reviews, as I said, uh, Black Skinhead was the album's lead single. This also marked... I love that went, college. With, this went to number one, but it was the lowest solo opening week sales for him. Um, and he went on his first solo tour in five years um, with fellow American rapper Kendrick Lamar, which is gas. He was supporting. Um, and as I mentioned, he played Marley Park and Amy went and she's going to tell us a bit about it now. Yeezus, which was 2014 in Marley Park. So it was two years after I watched The Throne. It was good, but it wasn't as good as Kanye and Jay-Z together. I think because like, I feel like Kanye was getting a bit of an, it was starting like to get like a Kanye ego then. And I feel like when he was with Jay-Z, he was more grounded. Um, what you call it? he wore also he wore a mask for the first hour of Jesus which pissed me off so much because I was like that might not be him you know it clearly was him like but he wore a mask for the first hour and I swear to god if he didn't take that mask off I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the concert because it was really annoying me but um no Jesus was good just watch the throne was definitely better that was the last time Kanye was here because then he was supposed to do uh St. Pablo tour but it got cancelled after two shows somewhere fucking I don't know somewhere in America I feel like uh, Indianapolis or something anyway because he was getting booed off stage he had you probably saw videos of it he had like a stage nearly like in the air and all his crowd were like underneath the stage but like you couldn't see him then so it was pointless but yeah he got booed off stage on that one so that concert got cancelled so he hasn't played here since and he probably will never play here again so I'm glad I got to go see him thanks for that Amy um, Kanye correspondent with a K um, I don't think Kendrick supported then I should, probably should have asked her but I'd say that was just for the stadium tours I think you two supported them then fucked it <laughs> it was <laughs> imagine imagine you two supported uh, Kanye and Jay-Z in Marley Park truly like can you imagine um, we're on to the life of Pablo 2016 this is an album that changed names a couple of times so first it was So Help Me God which is still a great title it's up yeah. for the if anyone wants it um, and it was originally slated for a 2014 release this is again where kind of the artistry came in and he was like I'm just not going to release anything for ages March and then sorry then he changed it to Swish which was a significantly worse title Um. This was around the time he also headlined Glastonbury, despite a petition signed by almost 135,000 people against his appearance. Do you know what's funny about this? The guy that started the petition never had never been to Glastonbury before. And ju- just didn't want him there because he wanted a rock band. Like, like make the make the life you want to live. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like if your artist isn't playing no. Glastonbury, make it happen. Yeah. Um, I have to admire him. What's Star Quilty's band? Fox Avenue for Appella. Yeah, for Electric. Fox Avenue slash Appella for EP. Am I right, girls? Am I right, girls? Um, Sign my petition in the bio. Between. Yeah. Um, 
at the end of the set, if people remember watching it, he declared himself the greatest living rock star on the planet. Um, the Guardian gave the performance free three stars, but otherwise it was a pretty polarizing performance. He forgot the words to Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and he had to restart a couple of tracks again. Do you remember watching it? Did you watch it? Kanye? At Glass. Well, no, sorry, not at Glastonbury. <laughs> we still been very Do you remember watching it on TV? <laughs> yeah. uh, no. I remember watching in the kitchen on the small TV and just willing, willing it to be good because like I just wanted him, everything about him is proving something to someone, whether it's himself or whatever. I was just willing it to be good. And I remember Twitter was lit that night as well. We were all talking about it and there were some like glimmers of hope. He did touch this guy in like a crane. Um, and like the staging itself looked really impressive, but then you had the bits where he was doing, where he was doing Bohemian Rhapsody and it was just like, why did he do Bohemian Rhapsody? A mess. It was so, so, so messy. Um, he does not have the range for that. Yeah. No, First it's bad. Like, it's <laughs> bad. Um, so the Guardian said, the hip-hop giant proclaims himself the greatest living rock star and his set is a potent ferocity. But there are gaps and stutters and he cuts a strangely lone figure in front of the vast crowd. Um, he, in an interview with Danny Mac, then later on he said, it was incredible. I started off the show and I completely messed up the music. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so it really put me into a slightly depressed state. He put me back in the position of when I was in high school and I got fired from my job when I played my music for R. Kelly and he told me he wasn't going to sign me. Trust me, Kanye, you dodged a bullet there. And then three months later, I didn't have any money. I couldn't afford a haircut. I couldn't take my girlfriend to the movies and I'm still in my mama's bedroom working on beats and I was that close to being signed by R. Kelly. So, like, in hindsight, I don't think he looks back on it as being a good performance, but anyway. Uh, it pushed back Swish again. Did you see that video where Kanye credits Michael Jackson for telling him he had a good voice? Yeah, he loves Michael Jackson. He was like, oh, I was sitting down with Michael one day and I played him something, like I'm paraphrasing massively. And uh, Michael was like, whose voice is that? And he was like, that's mine. And he was like, you're really good. And then he was like, and there you got me singing. He was like, you you only have Michael Jackson to blame. I'll find that clip for Instagram because it's very funny. Another thing to blame Michael Jackson for, ideal. Um, (laughs) So... Swish, Swish, as it was titled then, was pushed back again. It would become The Life of Pablo. Um, he released a couple of songs to tease it, including Real Friends and No More Parties in LA, which was a collaboration with Kendrick Lamar. Um, this is kind of peak Kanye Twitter storm as well. Um, I'm not sure if you have this in relation to him and Amber Rose. I think this was in the lead um, up no, to this. You know that massive... Okay, I, do, I don't have it to hand and I don't want to take too long, but like there was this massive thing or maybe I can pull it up really quickly here because some, some of the tweets are funny. Like I hate encouraging it because he's again blatantly not well, but Kanye Amber Rose Twitter. Um, like they went into this massive... He started tweeting about Wiz Khalifa because at the time Wiz Khalifa started going out with Amber and they had... um. I think she was pregnant or had had the child. Um, I have the images here, I think, yeah. So he... No, that's not in the right order. There were so many of them. Like, it were at, like I think he had like 70, up to 17 tweets or something. But they went on a massive... More than 25 tweets, yeah, to mocking with Khalifa. I have it here. Um, and it's obviously been all deleted since. Um, West dedicated more than 25 tweets to mocking Khalifa after a perceived diss about his wife, Kim Kardashian. So he's married to Kim at this point, which we'll get to as well. Um, West referenced their shared ex, Amber Rose, who dated Kanye between 2008 and 2010. 
And what, he starts going on being like, you let a stripper trap you. I know you mad every time you look at your girl. You look at your child that this girl got you for 18 years. And that's when Amber tweeted the infamous, oh, at Kanye West, are you mad I'm not around to play in your asshole anymore? Hashtag fingers in the booty ass bitch. Um, <laughs> and he deleted all the tweets. Oh but like, God. you can <laughs> look up all those tweets. You need to look up all those tweets because some of them are funny, but like she fully, she clapped back. Talk about the two of them. Um, okay. Let me get to my notes. Um, so I actually didn't realize Kanye had been engaged previously before yeah. um, Amber or Kim. So between 2002 and 2008, uh, Kanye and fashion designer Alexis Pfeiffer dated on and off. They met two years before the hype of college dropout catapulted him to the breakout success, um, but broke up in 2004. By 2005, they'd reunited and... Kanye popped the question in 2006 but their relationship um, fell apart after his mom died suddenly um, and they were completely over by 2008 and she said it's always sad when things like this end and we remain friends um, I wish him the best in his future and all of his endeavours he's one of the most talented people I've ever met and their breakup is said to have inspired many of the songs on 808s and Heartbreaks um, and then, as you just said, he got into a relationship with Amber Rose. So after calling off his engagement with Alexis, Kanye began a two-year-long relationship with Amber. Um, it seemed like they were in it for the long haul. They seemed kind of well enough, like a good enough match at the start. Um, she was with him through all the VMA stuff. I think they that, went yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. Like she was happy to dress like as flashy as him and like be his muse um, she was his date to the like VMAs as you said um, but they broke up in 2010 uh, because she accused him of cheating on her with uh, Kim um, apparently this inspired their breakup inspired the song Blame Game yes um, and then he it evolved like they, they've had like a feud on and off for years as he said Amber called Kylie and Tyga's relationship inappropriate and then which it was she was dead Kanye right. yeah Kanye slut shamed Amber and then the the big Twitter feud with Wiz Khalifa in 2016 happened and it's kind of calmed down for now but like you can't really write off that there won't be more feuding between them in the future I don't think they've fully made up I don't think they ever will. I think they're no. always going to be. You can't come back from that. Like, yeah. Uh, before I get into the rest of life of Pablo, because at this point, he's met uh, Miss Kimberly Kardashian. Talk to me about that. So they met and became friends in 2003 when Kim was working as Brandy's assistant. Um, she oh, said yeah. she was shagging the brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the Keeping Up With Their Kardashians 10 year anniversary she said I met him I think in 2002 or 2003 he was recording a song with Brandy and I was her friend I vividly remember hanging out with him and then they did a video together so I'd seen him a few times he was asking his friends who is this Kim Kardashian he didn't know what my name was <laughs> Kim, uh, Kim was still married like some of your dad Kim was still married yeah uh, 
she was still married to Damon Thomas at the time, but they were friends. And he later came out and said, like, he was drawn to her from the moment he saw her. He said to Ryan Seacrest, I just knew I wanted her to be my girl for a long time. I remember I saw a picture of her in Paris Hilton. And I remember telling my boy, have you seen that Kim Kardashian girl? Kardashian girl? Kardashian <laughs> <laughs> um, mustard. Yeah. So he insisted that Kim appear on his hip hop puppet show called Alligator Boots in 2008. Um, and the director was writing a part of Princess Leia for another actress. But Kanye told them it needed to be Kim. Um, we were there a quote saying um, we were talking about it and Kanye was like nah 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 get Kim Kardashian so he finally learned her name at this point um, and the show never took off but Kim did come on and played Princess Leia I don't know if there's any footage of that online um, and in 2018 Kim tweeted two old photos from the set of alligator boots and wrote all oh, these memories <laughs> Um <laughs> When Kanye performed a verse on Kerry Hiltz's single, Knock You Down, some of the lyrics seemed to be about Kim, who was dating Reggie Bush at the time. You were always the cheerleader of my dreams, seemed to only date the head of football teams. I was the class clown that always kept you laughing. We were never meant to be, baby, we just happened. Um, He sang that uh, later, adding, you should leave your boyfriend now. And TMZ were like, yeah, it's definitely about Kim because they were close friends at the time. Um. I remember seeing him when he appeared on Kim and Courtney. I think it was like Kim and Courtney take Miami or something. Or I think it was New York. New York. York. And there's they're setting up their boutique, and he comes in and like he doesn't really he like says barely anything, but she's just like smitten over him, and you can really like you can really feel the chemistry between them. But like obviously they were just friends at this time, like nothing, uh, nothing had been said. And she said on the episode, Kanye and I have been good friends for a long time. He's definitely someone that we, he's someone that we definitely respect his fashion taste and his style. And so we wanted him to come in and check out the store. Um, So she was dating Chris Humphreys at that time. And she went on to marry Chris Humphreys, obviously, we all know. But Kanye wasn't on the guest list for the wedding. And he later revealed that he got a phone just so, I don't think he had a phone for some reason. He got a cell phone just to yeah. call him and like try talk her out of marrying Chris Humphreys. So he said on Cocktails with Chloe, I got a phone because someone decided they wanted to marry Chris Humphreys. I wasn't up to anything and I looked on the internet and there was Kim Kardashian and some extremely tall person. I was like, I need to call her or something. He <laughs> <laughs> can be so funny when he wants to be. And then even better, he started just sending her pictures of former basketball players that haven't aged well. Um, and he said, <laughs> that's so funny I started sending her pictures of like certain basketball players that used to be cool that now they wear their pants all the way up to here like this is your future <laughs> um, <laughs> and although his efforts didn't convince her Kim only remained married to Humphreys for 72 days so maybe maybe she had one eye on Kanye the whole time Um. And when she was finally going through the divorce with Chris, Kanye rapped about falling in love with her in his song Cold. Said, and I'll admit I had fell in love with Kim around the same time she had fell in love with him. Uh, well, that's good. Well, that's cool, baby girl. Do your thing. Lucky I ain't had Jay drop him from the team. And that's because um, Humphreys was on the Brooklyn Nets in 2012 and Jay-Z was co-owner at the time or part owner of the team. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, 2012, they kind of started dating. Twenty By October 2013, they were engaged. And by May 2014, they were married at Fort de Belvedere in Florence, Italy. Um, They have four children. Wasn't there, wasn't there something about them wanting to get married in Paris and they weren't allowed? They wanted to get married for five. Wasn't it? Was it? I thought that they had told everyone they were getting married in Paris to throw the press off, to send all the press to Paris. And everyone was really surprised when they had their wedding in Italy then. I thought I think it was they the were Versailles said no because they were like, Scarlet, we don't want you two mirrors here. Or like... The, we've been um, to Versailles. We've been to Versailles. Yeah, but we didn't get married in Versailles. No. Uh, <laughs> I'll see there. The sad tale of the Kim Canny of Versailles wedding that we'll never see. The French, sorry, fucking the Guardian ads. The French palace has confirmed that the pair will not be sealing their union in the rooms where Marie Antoinette once roamed. Um, uh, so basically, when the engagement was announced, there was loads of speculation as to where they were going to get married um, and whatever else. Uh, and because of like, they obviously the televised, what are you laughing at? You're like, yeah, they were going to get married and whatever else. It's just like top class journalism. Oh, <laughs> uh, and do you remember the proposal in this in the stadium and Lana yeah. Del Rey was singing and he, and he was like, please marry me. I was weak. Um, oh, I'm just so sad about it all. Um, so apparently they like Versailles was their number one venue and um, they really wanted to get married there. And it's been available for select weddings. So like Nicholas Sarkozy and Carla Bruni got married there. Um, It'd be a beautiful what, place to get married. Wafik Syed's daughter and son-in-law. I don't know who they are, but Robbie Williams is the entertainment partly. Um, <laughs> uh, so obviously um, they love Paris um, and they want If you had all the there. money in the world, would you pick Robbie Williams as your wedding entertainment? <laughs> no, not even. Not even. I think I would. No, he wouldn't even enter my brain. He'd get the crowd up. Like, he would have like, everyone no. on their feet and that's hard to do at weddings. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, so I I think the tweet's been deleted since, but basically like the Palace of Versailles have a Twitter account where they don't really say anything other than post pictures of the grounds and like restorations of the work. And they basically announced in French and English that Kim and Kanye were absolutely not getting married at Versailles. Um, which is pretty embarrassing. Are you not I embarrassed? really, I really thought there was like this whole thing where they had said, or like, they had leaked one place, but it was purely just to like dupe everyone. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, like, didn't they? On the show, they oh, flew they everyone. They, no, they flew their whole family to Paris and then flew them, didn't tell, was it the, or all the guests? They flew everyone to Paris, didn't tell them when they were going. And then all of a sudden flew everyone to Florence. Like it was all. Oh, I, yeah, they were definitely in Paris. I think Kim was saying they were getting ready there or something. Or something yeah. Like yeah. Something insane. Yeah. Rich people I think it was, fucking insane. I think it was to throw the press off though so they couldn't get there ahead of them. Probably, yeah. I still remember like frantically refreshing the internet for pictures of her wedding dress because her last wedding dress was so Megan. The wedding dress came from a brand or something. It was stunning. It's beautiful. I I loved them. Like I think, again, really problematic. I do think they were really in love. I do believe they were initially very in love. I think she loved the idea of being someone's muse. I think she loved the idea of being with him to kind of legitimize her as well a bit more and to yeah. get her into like the world of fashion and everything else. And I think Kanye wanted a muse and I do think he loved her as well. And I just think, but I think they were never ever supposed to really be together either. You know, that kind of way. Like I think it was always doomed. 
Yeah. Like, I hate to say that. Just like him, Kim's going to be divorced three times. I know, but yeah. sure. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, no, she doesn't. Sure, what difference does it make? Um, can you name their four kids? North, Saint, Chicago, and Sam. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, uh, and as you said, the couple's high profile status and respective careers have resulted in their relationship becoming subject to heavy media coverage, including January 2021 when CNN reported that the couple were discussing divorce. Don't know how CNN knew that. Because she's shagging Van Jones. Who's Van Jones? He's a CNN guy. He's like one of the big CNN guys. What the heck? They worked like together really closely on her stuff with Prism Reports. Oh. He's smiley. He's a smiley guy. Not not confirmed. We're not related, but... He looks... I don't know how he looks like. But like, bear in mind, this also comes after... Like he, we'll get into the presidential thing, but like obviously he came out and at the rallies started talking about how, trigger warning here if people know what we're talking about, but like he starts talking about abortion because he's very pro-life and he talks about how Kim initially wanted an abortion or they were going to get an abortion with their first child, which is like really grim and like Kim had to come out. Very insensitive as well because Kim had a lot of like pregnancy issues and like struggle to actually carry children. So yeah. And he'd been diagnosed really by Paul at this point. As well. um, but like, it's, I think he's kind of, uh, so life of Pablo was released. Then he did yay. And he did a couple of other collaborative projects. And around that time, he like the cover of yay is I, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. And he'd kind of admitted that he'd stopped medicating because he felt it was kind of suppressing his creativity and whatever. And didn't want to be medicated, whatever. Um, she's come out with a statement basically saying, Anyone who has this or has loved, who has a loved one in their life who does, anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does, referring to bipolar disorder, knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. I've never spoken publicly about how this has affected us at home because I'm very protective of our children and Kanye's right to privacy when it comes to his health. But today I feel like I should comment on it because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. Um, It's like, a, it's a tricky one because there's a fine line between criticizing him and just doing kind of like a hatchet job takedown on him because sometimes I feel like it's better not to say anything at all, which kind of contradicts the fact that we're doing this whole podcast. But like, do you know what I mean? He's not well. Yeah. After the release of Life of Pablo, he was, um, he did go into psychiatric care for a while. Let me get it in my notes. Are we massive um, hypocrites then to be doing this and saying that the press should leave him alone? He's not listening to this podcast. I don't, yeah. I think we're, I think you should, I think we are criticizing and I think we are looking at the fact that he's not well. And I think you have to understand that. But I still think like mental illness isn't an excuse to be a dickhead either. Like that's, yeah. people with mental illness agree with that statement. You know what I mean? Like it's, and I think, whatever about what he said about his family that doesn't that's not necessarily bad for anyone else like he said really like deplorable things about slavery and that's that stuff that hurts other people uh, like at large but this is something that was very specific to his family and it was one of those moments where it's like we shouldn't even be listening to this and it's hard when someone's speaking about it so publicly but that's where it kind of gets uncomfortable and obviously people are going to report it because it was tied in with his presidential run but it's just so, it's a tricky kind of thing to navigate, I think. 
Yeah. Definitely. Like people are never going to not talk about Kanye, you know, but I don't think he's, yeah. I don't think it's a case of he's never going to get better. I think that's really unfair, but I'd question as to if he's ever going to get help at this point um, without like voluntarily, I should say. Um, yeah. Because that was the one he was tweeting about Chris and about how Chris Jenner, like Kim's mom and obviously Kardashian matriarch was trying to get him to go back into psychiatric help. And he was tweeting saying no and that he was trying to get a divorce from her because she met up with Meek or something. She met up with Meek Mill about prison reform, Kim, because obviously she's very interested in law and wants to be a lawyer now. It's just a mess. And that's the whole thing where I'm like, I wish they'd never gotten married because it, especially to her, because as much as I kind of, like I loved it and I was near, I'm complicit in this because I loved the spectacle until people got sick and until people were unwell and until other yeah. people were harmed. I liked for my own enjoyment. And then when it stopped being fun, it's like, oh, well, I don't want this. But the, it's too late then. You, it's a Pandora's box. You can't put the celebrity back in, you know? Yeah. That is um, so true. We're going to hit pause on this because obviously there's so much to get through. We want to talk about the his political journey, his fashion, his fashion journey. I can't even speak. We've been recording so long. Um, and I want to finish kind of where he's at musically and whatever else. Um, we are going to hit pause. Part two will be out later this week. So thank you for listening this far. If you did, we thoroughly and really, truly appreciate it. Before we let you go, I'm pretty sure Breed has some mini bandwagons for you. Oh my God. Would you believe I wrote these as you were speaking earlier? And I only have I two. <laughs> I, I got so. I only have two. <laughs> I got so into Kanye today. I just really, really forgot. Um, but Truly, you, yeah. I'll, I'll do my two, and then if you have any to add, you can throw them in. If you want to have a think. Yes, I. I think I actually do have one. Yeah, I can throw. Okay. Them in. Um, Ireland's fittest family. Should have talked about it last week because it's back and it's better than ever. It's one of the few, um, format shows that hasn't really been massively affected by um COVID. Because they're all People families. Love this. People it's are obsessed. So good. Do you not watch it? Not right. I don't care. What's yeah. the prize? Money, like ten grand or something. Ah, okay. I I but it's just insane to see people how fit people are. Like they, there was one woman that stood on one leg up on a tree for twenty five minutes or something. Like it was insane. <laughs> she was she was a mom. I don't. I actually think it was like eighteen minutes. But, uh, Did we talk about this? Who from your family would you bring on if you got to go on it? Well, personally, I'd I'd step out because what's the point? Like, <laughs> I'd have to tap in like my two brothers and Quiva and my mom probably. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to do it. That was the thing. Yeah. Well, please, Quiva. You have to. You could just be like the mental strength or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, like they did. Do you know that where you just sit at a wall and see how long you can hold yourself in like yeah. a sit, sitting position? They do that like on the new series. And like you just be sitting there for 10 minutes watching people do nothing but struggle with this. Like it's, but it's so entertaining. I don't know how or why, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It started back last week um, and it's Sunday nights, I think at eight o'clock on RT1. So get in it's just nice Ireland's Ar- easy watching that's like yeah Ireland's for the family um, secondly you said Sex and the City is back or there's a reboot coming it? or a oh I did sorry we texted it yeah. yeah so there's a reboot coming to HBO Max and it's called and just like that um, and it follows the gals in their 50s yeah 
Um, so Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, what are the rest of their names? <laughs> the other two. Oh, so Aaron. Yeah, but what? Something. Cynthia Dix- Cynthia Dixon. Nixon. And Aaron. Aaron. It's not Aaron, is it? I feel like it is. Clearly, we have never watched. Sorry, I watched. I watched the first movie and I watched bits of it, but like I just. Kristen Davis. Aaron. Where did Aaron from? I've no idea. The reboot is back. Mine is Kim Cattrall as Samantha. People seem to be all like, people are like, oh my God, allergic. I can't believe Samantha isn't it, but I'm definitely going to watch anyway. Um, me and Breed have said we might watch at some point um, and do an episode on it. And we've a, we've a good guest lined up. Whether they'll come on now is another thing because the amount of people we've asked who've left us on red, it's high, girls. It's up to very high. Four. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that is coming soon. We'll probably get it. Maybe we'll get it here on Sky Atlantic or something, or you can probably watch it through nefarious means. Yep. But yeah, Big will probably be there. Carrie will probably be still really be annoying. My pal is JP. Yeah. Uh, what was your bandwagon? Um, the Nikki tutorials documentary on YouTube. Uh, I think it's called Layers of Me. Um, so all of the episodes are on YouTube Premium, but they're dropping weekly if you're waiting for that, which I am because I'm not paying for YouTube Premium. Um, it's a very good 20-minute episode. We're on episode three. If you're into her at all and have followed her journey, um, very interesting. It's kind of warts and all. You can kind of see her struggling and kind of be a bit mean during things. And it's very, very good and very honest, I would say. Um, definitely worth worth a watch if you're into YouTube or into her at all. So that's Nikki Nikki tutorials layers of me. Gorgeous it's on YouTube. I'm gonna go sleep for two days. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, thank you so much for listening. Very few tickets left for the show at Liberty Hall. I'd say so, if it's not, I would say it's sold out. But watch this space. It's sold out. There is, there's literally so few tickets left that it's probably sold out at this point. But Do you know what else there's so few of? Um, because Ellen got onto us during the week. So few beanies left. Like, yeah, very get few yourself, Get yourself a beanie. It's for a reason. Um, you can get them at buy-eln.com. Get them there. Uh, there are tickets still on sale for our Cork show. So pick yeah. them up. Um, we are on Patreon. You know the sauce. Last week's episode was on Hilaria Baldwin and Harry and Olivia Shagan and yeah that's it we are bandwagons podcast ever on social media if you want to follow us on spotify you'll get the latest episodes up to date and if you're listening on apple podcasts leave us a review but only if it's nice i'm fanula i'm breed we will see you later this week for part two goodbye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.